Jesus is alive. Praise God. And because he lives, we're going to live forever. You know, one Muslim came to me in Nigeria, and he said, you know, your God and my God is the same God. He said, only we call him Allah, and you call him God. And I said, Holy Spirit, what do I say to this man? I said, has Allah got a son? He said, no, Allah's got no son. I said, well, my God has got a son, and his name is Jesus. So how can your God and my God be the same God? He went to brag about the grave of Muhammad. He said, the tombstone's made of gold. There's diamonds and rubies all over that grave. If you should try to put a price to it, it will be worth billions of dollars. I said, do you know the grave of Jesus Christ? It's only a borrowed tomb. But the beauty of that grave is it is empty. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. This side here, I want you to shout Jesus so loud that the devil will not be getting up tomorrow morning. He'll be laying in bed with an ice pack on his head. The demons will be knocking on his door and he'll pull out a board from under his pillow saying close for business. Don't you want to see the devil like that? I'm just going to count to three on this side here. I want you to shout Jesus, right? One, two, three. 12.2%. Let this side here, let's do it better than what they did. One, two, three. Wow. Pastor, just for effort, I'm going to give you 33.2%. One, two, three. 34.1. One, two, three. 45.9%. Let's do it together. One, two, three. Wow, 99.9%. Praise God. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 2 Chronicles 6, verse 38. This morning when I prayed, the Lord said to me in the first service it happened that he was going to heal everybody with a back problem. Praise God. He was going to release two anointings upon this church. Number one, a spirit of prayer. And the second anointing is going to touch the travailers in prayer. He's going to anoint you so that you birth spiritual babies. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I just want to give you a little background because I don't have time to go through my whole testimony. But uh, I was going to commit suicide. I put a table down, a chair on the table, tied a lot of ties together. I was about to hang myself when the Holy Spirit knocked me down from there onto the ground. And I saw the whole world in a globe. I was crisscrossing Africa and running on the world, all over the world. I never understood what it meant. But you know what? A pastor came to my house a month later, and he knocked on the door, and I said I was an atheist because if I'll tell you what I went through in South Africa, at the age of 14, I got arrested, almost killed, burnt with cigarette stubs, burnt with electrodes, waterboarded, all those things, and I backslid. I said, there's no God. And now I was in my 20s going to commit suicide when the Holy Spirit knocked me down from there. He showed me the whole world, me running on the globe. And then this pastor came and knocked on my door. He said, I've got all these people with me. I'm supposed to have a meeting next door to you, but the people are not home. Can I come and preach to you? I said, no, at the age of 14, I backslid. I'm an atheist. He said, well, you might be an atheist, but the Lord says... A month ago, 
on a Saturday morning at 3 o'clock, you were going to commit suicide. I said, you better come inside. <laughs> I knew no man could know that, but he preached to me about the love of God. I said, I'm not going to be in that service. You know, he invited me to his church. But on the Friday, I got home early. It was Friday night. They were having this revival. I put blankets and pillows over my head. I said, I'm not going to that church. But at 6.30, I felt somebody shake me, and I was alone in this house. I jumped up, got into the shower, and went down to the church. There was a American evangelist speaking there, and he was one of the world's best drummers, Mark Temperato. He used to sit in for the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. You think they're playing, but he's the one playing there. It was an Italian, uh, you know, that learned to pr play the drums on encyclopedias because his mother wouldn't let him buy drums. And he was saying how he was going to commit suicide, and how he got knocked down from there. I said, this man is telling me my life story. So I got saved the Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I want you to know that I'm well and truly saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But a few years ago, my wife and myself, we were in Tasmania. We were in Australia. And this pastor asked us to go to Tasmania to minister there. And I said to him, no, I'm not going to Tasmania because he was supposed to set up a meeting with a yield song or something like that, and he couldn't put it together. The Apostolic Church is the second largest denomination in Australia. And he said to me, but I booked you a ticket to go to Tasmania. I didn't know why God wanted me to go to Tasmania, but I went to bed. I said, I'm not going to cancel the ticket. I went to bed, and the Lord showed me me running from Australia into Tasmania. And then I called him. I said, Graham, at 3 o'clock in the morning, there was one tired pass on the phone. You have to get me to go to Tasmania. I've been disobedient to the Lord. He said, no, but I canceled the ticket yesterday at 3 o'clock. You know, the next day when he called the airline, my ticket was never canceled. And I went from the south of Tasmania right to the north, preaching about forgiveness. And all the elderly people in the church were not spirit-filled because God cannot fill you if you, if you don't forgive. And so what happened is all of them started getting filled as I spoke about forgiveness and God, you know, delivered them from unforgiveness. Tasmania, the people, they hate the British people because a lot of them don't know who they, their family members are. You know, when you're adopted, you always want to know who your family is. When a young guy like a, a young teenager stole milk, or even a young boy in, in, in London, they used to send him off to Tasmania. And if young girls got pregnant and they had babies, the babies were sent to Tasmania. So the Tasmanians don't know where they come from. And only one of the Tasmanians was reconciled with the mother. The mother was 94 years old. And she said she could not die until she saw her daughter. And that was the only person they could reconnect with the parents. So this church that I went to was right by the, where they had a holding cell to keep all those youngsters before they threw them into prison. And that's now the parking lot of this church. The pastor built the church on top of these prisons. Praise God. But people need to learn to forgive. Praise the Lord. So Second Chronicles 6 verse 38 says, If they return to thee with all their heart, and with all their soul, in the land of their captivity, they carried them captive and prayed towards the land which thou gave us unto their fathers and towards the city which thou hast chosen and towards the house which I built for thy name. Then hear thou from heaven 
even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and supplication, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people that have sinned against thee. Now, my Lord, I beseech thee that thine eyes be opened, and let thine ears be attentive to the prayer made in this place. Arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, turn not thy face from thine anointed. Remember the mercies of David, thy servant. Chapter 7 says, When Solomon made an end of prayer, the fire came down and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the place. Verse 2, The priest could not enter into the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. <clears throat> Verse 3, When the children of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the place, they bowed with their faces upon the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For his good and his mercies endureth forever. Drop down with me to verse 12. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said, I've heard your prayer and your supplications. Verse 14, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal the land. Now mine eyes shall be opened, and mine ears attend to the prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou will walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and observe my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish thy throne, as I have covenanted with David, there shall not fail thee a man to be rule, ruling Israel. This bow heads in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is yea and amen. It's your word that came and dwelt among us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came. We had it not been for you, we'd not have been saved, delivered, or set free. You lay down your life so that we could have life and life in abundance. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are the master evangelist. Take complete charge of this meeting. We don't want any man glorified here, but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Spirit of God, move in a very special way. Anoint people this morning with the spirit of prayer. A double portion. Heal those who need to be healed. Deliver those that need deliverance. Set those free that need to be set free. But most of all, take charge of this meeting as we ask it in Jesus' name. That name that is above all names. Amen and amen. <clears throat> Solomon is praying, and he's praying for his people. No, in the Bible do I see people that answer to prayer were praying selfish and vain prayers. Too many of us pray in the outer court. God, give me, give me, give me. The Lord said to me, we must never pre-plan a prayer meeting. I used to do a prayer from 5 o'clock in the morning till 8, from 10 to 1, and 6 o'clock through the entire service. The Lord said, when you get to that tent site, you start worshiping and praising me. And when you enter into my presence, I'll tell you what to pray for. Too many people are praying in the outer court, carnal prayers. The inner court is mind and intellect. We need to get into the most holy place. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray. You know, I'll tell you something, that Jesus would disappear from his disciples and have a one-on-one -on -one with God. So much so they would fall asleep because he knew to be intimate with the Father was a secret. Praise God. And we have to be intimate with God. Amen. So some people, they, they don't even get into the Holy of Holies. 
you got to go enter his gates with thanksgiving, the courts with praise, and the most holy place through worship. I will not pray in the outer court. I won't pray in the inner court. I want to get into the presence of God because he knows what we ought to pray for. We never knew what the strongholds were in Africa, but once we got into his presence, he was able to tell us what strongholds they were. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says there that Solomon is praying for his people. When last have you mentioned unsaved relatives and friends' names in the throne room of God? If you're not going to mention them, God is not going to be able to save them, deliver them, and set them free. Praise God. The Bible says God does not even hear the prayers of sinners, but only of those who worship and praise Him. And all we've got to do is thank the Lord, praise Him, and worship Him, and then mention their unsaved relatives and friends' names in the throne room of God. All my, my brother and sister both got saved. My sister I prayed for for 18 years. She went to Australia, and I had not seen her for 18 years. And I said to Linda, my wife, in the beginning of the 18th year, I really miss my sister. And I've, I've started praying, I've been praying for her for 18 years for her to get saved. You know what happened? I went to a fire conference in Lesotho. Michael Collison was there, Reinhard Bonkley. They did a fire conference and I was a speaker on prayer. What happened when I got there, there was a man from Australia. And he came up to me, I'd like, he said, I'd like you to preach this message in Australia on prayer. And so I said, where in Australia? He said, Melbourne. I said, my sister lived in Melbourne. My sister lived 20 minutes from that guy's church. She was there for every meeting for the week, never got saved. Sunday night came and I gave up on my sister and I was preaching, busy praying for the sick when the pastor brought the lady around. He said, the Lord has touched this lady, can I bring her around to you and you pray for her? When he brought the lady around with my sister, she was weeping uncontrollably. So I not only prayed her into the kingdom of God, but I also led her to the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now there's a, give the Lord a hand, praise him. There's a poem that says, last night I took a journey to a land across the seas. I did not go by boat or plane. I traveled on my knees. I saw so many people there in deepest depths of sin. But Jesus said that I should go, for there were souls to win. I said, Jesus, I can't go and work with such as these. He said, oh, yes, you can, by traveling on your knees. We can visit any country on our knees, and we don't need a passport. Praise God. Hallelujah. So our job is to intercede and birth spiritual babies. Isaiah 66 verse 7 says, Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before a pain came, she was delivered of a man child. Who have heard of such a thing, or who had seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth the children. Shall I cause to birth, and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Or shall I bring forth and shut the womb? You know what God is comparing there? A natural birth to a spiritual birth. He said when the woman's labor pains became sharper and sooner, the natural birth takes place. So every woman that has given birth here, you know when the labor pains become sharper and sooner, the natural birth takes place. He compares that to Zion, the church. He said as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth the children. We need to get pregnant with the unsaved and birth him into the kingdom of God. Praise God. God is going to hold you responsible for every empty bent in this church. 
because you're not praying people into the kingdom of God. Our job is not to go to heaven alone. We need to go to heaven with a lot of people saved, delivered, and set free. But it's going to cost you to intercede, praise God, and to birth his souls. Now this morning, this anointing God is going to release, he's going to touch the travailers. Travailers are people that when the anointing is very strong, they start weeping. They're supposed to be the people that birth spiritual babies into the kingdom of God. Amen. And God's going to touch you this morning. He's going to reawaken the spiritual wombs so that you can pray people into the kingdom of God. You know, in South Africa, we were in Durban, South Africa, and the, the man was a Hare Krishna leader. You know, the Indian people have all these different religions. But his mother was diagnosed with cancer. At that time, we had a 10,000-seater tent. And what happened is, I was praying for this man, and the people gave his name, Nama, and I started mentioning his name in the throne room of God. Then one day in the prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit said to me, face the north, that's where the Indian people live, and shout, Hare Krishna leader, come in the name of Jesus. I said, I'm not going to do that in front of a thousand intercessors. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me three times. And the third time, I thought to myself, this cannot be that the devil wants me to do this, this must be God. And I put the blame on God. I said, you know, it might seem foolish to you, but the Lord the same must face the north and shout, Hare Krishna leader, come in the name of Jesus. So they were obedient. A thousand people shouted. You know what happened? The Hare Krishna leader had taken his mother to every temple because she was diagnosed with cancer. And to no avail, nobody could heal her. And so he came, he was going to drop his mother off at the, uh, the, the big tent, but the prayer tent was a distance away from the big tent because we pray very loud. We think heaven's very far away. So we scream, you know. And he was at the passenger side door letting his mother off for the meeting and he was going to pick up after the meeting when we all shouted, Hare Krishna, leader, come in the name of Jesus. This man got such a shock. He ran away from that tent ran into the main tent, and what happened is the Holy Spirit knocked him down right at the entrance and showed him two nail-pierced hands. He got saved, delivered, and set free that night. The next night he was on the platform saying how he never knew about God, but God showed him his nail-pierced hands. He got saved, his mother got healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our God is able. So you never know who you're praying into the kingdom of God. But we have to birth spiritual babies. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. And look what the Bible says next. Shall I cause to birth and not cause to bring forth? There's no problem in heaven. The Lord said to me, the church is a giant, but the giant is asleep. We need to rise up and take our cities for God. If it wasn't for that woman on her knees, I would not be here today. The Lord showed me a vision of what I was going to do to myself, but he showed me this lady on her knees praying at 3 o'clock on a Saturday morning. He said, because of her, you got saved, delivered, and set free. I'm going to send you all over the world to tell people that unless somebody asks me, there's nothing I can do. We are ambassadors for the Lord. Hallelujah. And if we don't rise up, the devil's going to rise up against us. Every time I snap my finger, some young boy is going to a lost eternity. In South Africa, there's so much drugs, and yet God is waking us up and we're not interceding and praying. We need to get up, start praying, because we are the army of God. 
And in the army, you've got to be ready at all times. Amen. And we are the Air Force. You know, the Americans, they always send in the Air Force before they send in the ground force. We have to get the prayer right. And then the ground force. And people are going to be saved, delivered, and set free. Praise God. When you have the Air Force going, you can hit strategic targets. Praise God. Like salvation, sickness. There will be no healings in the church unless people are praying for it. Nobody is saved unless people are birthing spiritual babies. The church is supposed to be like a maternity ward. New births all the time. People are not supposed to take people to the hospital. They're supposed to bring them here, be prayed for, and they heal, deliver, and set free. 18 years ago, my wife was diagnosed with the worst cancer that they ever saw, the doctor said. I prayed for her, and she, uh, the doctor made a mistake. The second time we went, I said, don't you feel you should have a second opinion? She went to the same doctor and said, look, we want a second opinion. The doctor made a mistake. He took a tissue from Linda and left it in the test tube. And she started speaking to the tissue. She said, you tissue, you're so clean, you're like a baby's tissue. You know what happened? We had a, a pastor from London living with us. He's from uh, Ghana originally, but he's got a big church in London doing itinerant ministry. And one morning she was washing up. She shouted, shall come upon me. I said, what happened? She said, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and I finished it off. None of these diseases shall come upon me. I said, well, we have to go and celebrate. You see, faith is action. I took this pastor with me. We went to have lunch. We celebrated a healing. When we got back, there was a, I said to him, you have to go now because you're preaching tonight. We were talking about the things of God. You know how the time goes? It was 6 o'clock, and he had a meeting at 7. When we got home, there was a message on the answering machine. The doctor said, I don't understand. The first test was very bad. But in this test, I cannot find any cancer. It's like a baby's tissue. There's death and life in the power of the tongue. Whose report will you believe? You know, the doctor showed me Linda's brain in lights. She burst a blood vessel at the stem of her brain. And Michael Collisang, the man that prayed for the sick with Reinhard Bonke, we were doing a big revival in, in Norfolk in a movie theater. And as we were doing this revival, she burst a blood vessel in her head. And she walked past me, and her shoe was off. And I said, didn't you notice your slipper fell off? She said, no. And it happened the second time. I rushed her to hospital, and the doctor at 6.30 that day, I was supposed to open up this movie theater. It was my turn to preach. And at 6.30 that day, he took an MRI and showed us Linda's brain in lights. He said, there's nothing we can do for her. Your wife will not live through the night. She said she burst a blood vessel at a step. And if she does survive, she'll be a vegetable. Did you see a vegetable singing here this morning? <laughs> he said the blood is pushing onto her brain, and that's why she cannot speak and she's paralyzed. You know, Michael Collisang said, doctor, and that was a Jewish doctor. She, he said, we don't believe your report. The doctor said, what do you mean? He said, the great physician has touched her. He said, who's that? He said, Jesus, because we are children of the Most High God. She will live and not die. Monday was when it happened. She walked out of the hospital on Saturday, completely healed by the power of God. Our God is able. And what's impossible with man 
is possible with the Most High God. I want you to trust God for the impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. I've seen God raise the dead. I've seen Him wheelchairs. People get out of wheelchairs. Blind eyes open. Deaf ears become unstopped. There was a lady now in South Africa that was born deaf. And I said, there's a lady that's born deaf here. Bring her to the front. Her daughter only told me afterwards what happened. Had she told me before, I might not have laid hands on her. This woman was born without a hammer, anvil, and stirrup. And when I prayed for her, she can now hear without a hammer, anvil, and stirrup. Our God can perform creative miracles. Praise God. He made this body. He can make the parts. Praise God. God is able to heal. He's able to save. He's able to deliver. He's able to subdue all things. Our God is able. Give the Lord a hand, praise Him. Look how Solomon prays. I see Solomon prayed like that. Nehemiah prayed like that. David prayed like that. They said, Lord, open up your eyes. And I pray like that too. And look down upon my house. When last have you said that to God to look down upon you? Prayer must have determination, intensity. You must not give up until the answer comes. When Jacob feared Esau, an angel of the Lord wrestled with him. But nobody said, I will not let thee go unless thou bless me. You must have so, so much determination that you're not going to leave the presence of God until he speaks to you and he answers you. Moses was an intercessor like that for 40 days and 40 nights. He said, these people have sinned a great sin against thee. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. He got God to change his mind. Prayer must be intense. You must persevere. You must not give up until the answer comes. And God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Praise God. He said, Lord, open up your eyes. When last have you said, Lord, look down upon Christian embassy, upon my house? Hallelujah. And then he's not satisfied with God looking down. And I said, Lord, but I read in Hebrews chapter 4, that everything is naked in your sight. How can these men of God say you must look down? He said, my son, you don't understand. You've got to get me to focus. You've got to get me to put on some blinkers. I will not look down unless you compel me to. And I will not listen unless you compel me to listen. Praise God. We've got to get God's attention. And the only way you can get his attention is when you get into his presence and have a one-on-one -on -one with God. And then he says, arise, O Lord God. In other words, God get up. When God gets up, the enemy is scattered. And he said, thou and the ark of thy strength. The ark of God's strength is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in the ark, we had the two stone tablets, and Jesus is the word of God. In the ark was the gold cup of the manna, and Jesus is the bread of life. In the ark was the rod of Aaron, it was a dead rod, and it started budding, shows Jesus having died and risen from the dead. So when you say, Arise, O Lord God, God the Father gets up, and you say, Thou and the ark of thy strength, Jesus gets up, and the Holy Spirit's here on earth doing battle for us. That's why we are condemned to victory. There's no defeat for the believer. We are more than conquerors. Praise God. Because our eldest brother whooped him on Calvary. When they nailed Jesus to the cross, he said, You saved others. Why don't you save yourself? He's such a fool. Here we are all saved, delivered, and set free because one person went all the way to lay down his life and now we have life and life in abundance. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
And we have the victory. To be more than a conqueror means you don't have to fight. Praise God. Somebody else has already won the battle for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. How else can I explain it? You know what happened? This heavyweight boxing champion went into a ring. And in the first round, a guy landed a lucky uppercut. And that was going to affect the whole fight. Because at that time, they never had these technical knockouts. The man managed to beat the count, and he stood erect. He knocked him out again, and he beat the count again. And so the trainer said to him after the first round, we're going to have to throw in the towel. He said, no, I know if I'm going to land my right hook, I'll knock this guy out. The second round, they knocked him down three times, broke his nose, everything, and he said he's going to continue. To cut a long story short, he got to the 10th round, and he was all battered and bruised. But he managed to tell the trainer that he was going to continue. In that round, he landed in the last minute of the fight, his right hook, and he knocked the guy out completely. So when they took him uh, into the back, they, they dressed his nose, fixed him up, stitched him wherever he needed stitches, and they gave him a check for $5 million. When he got home, his wife took the check. She was more than a conqueror. <laughs> you don't have to fight. I see there's a lot of more than conquerors here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we need to intercede and pray. Praise God. Open up your eyes and climb your ear. Arise, O Lord God. I said, God, show me somebody that really knew you intimately. And God took me to young David. David made his own harp and started his own music ministry. In those lonely days and nights, alone with the sheep, he saw the beauty of the creation. And most of the psalms come out of the throne room of God. We even sing them today. Hallelujah. Amen. But David became intimate with God, spending time in the presence of the Lord. And God could not get through to his elder brothers because God never chose you to do anything for you. He chose you for fellowship. You know what fellowship means? Two fellows in one ship. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so what happened is, he could not get through to the elder brothers because they were busy doing things for God. David was a man of praise and worship. Young boy. And God could not get through to them. You see, you get so busy doing things when you're supposed to be spending time with the presence of God. And your doing will be quality doing. That's why Peter, when he went back to his old trade, he said, I go a-fishing. Some of the disciples said, we all go with thee. It's amazing how one person can mislead people. So they fished the whole night, never caught a thing. The next day when Jesus was on the shore, he said, Peter, have you any meat? He said, no, master, we trolled the whole night. He said, you take nets and you put it on the other side. Peter never listened to the full instruction. That's why I said, I don't want what Peter had. Peter had little faith. You must desire to have perfect faith. Praise God. Little faith. And so, he said, I will lower the net. You know what the Lord said to me? Peter settled for a river when I was going to give him the ocean. God always wants to give you abundantly more than enough. So much so you'll have to give away to others. Praise God. Hallelujah. I will lower the net. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
We must receive from God, and God always wants to give you the best. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And so David, God commissioned young David to go against Goliath because he was spending time in the throne room of God. When he came onto that mount, his elder brother tried to stop him. Let me tell you something. If God opens a door, no man can shut it. And if God closes a door, no man can open it. And God set before David an open door. He got as far as Saul. Saul put his arm on David, and David almost collapsed. You see, in this battle, it's not a physical battle, a spiritual warfare. So he left the armor behind, ran down to the brook, and got five pebbles. Exactly what we need for this battle. J-E-S-U-S. The name of Jesus. Cancer bows at the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He just took that five pebbles and a catapult. But you know what? He knew the future. If you spend time with God, you will know the future too. So David said to Goliath, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I'll smite thee and take thine head from thee. And this day will I give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines unto the fowls of the air, that all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will deliver thee into mine hand. I don't know why some believers are fighting. You don't have to fight. When you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, and you're above principalities and powers, you talk down to this devil, because the devil's under your feet. Give the Lord a hand, praise him. Now, I say you Americans talk about inventing the first missiles. God knew about these things long ago. Goliath saw the first missile eating him. That pebble was going like a missile. You talk about inventing homing devices. That pebble hit Goliath right home. When God does battle for you, he'll knock Goliath flat down. There's no mountain that he won't take you over. And no valley that this God won't take you through. Our God is able. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand, praise it. But he's not only able, I can preach an entire sermon on God is able. He's able to heal, he's able to deliver. God is able. But the next two words excite me even more. He's able to make. Muhammad cannot make, Buddha cannot make, but this God can make. He made you and he made me. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. Our God is a way maker. Give the Lord a hand, praise him. I say to people, when the devil starts messing, that's when God starts blessing. You know, every revival we had in Africa, there was a different demon trying to stop him. And before, I used to get very concerned. But now, when I see the devil messing, I know that God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. So when you see things happening, don't look at what you see because faith doesn't see the now. Faith sees the future. Hallelujah. And we live by faith and not by sight. God has given us a sixth sense. Amen. And that is faith. Five senses is what we have. But the sixth sense is faith. No more do we walk by what we see. No more do we walk by what we hear. We now walk by faith in the Most High God. Hallelujah. So don't desire to have little faith. 
Have perfect faith, like Abraham. Praise God. If God says something, that settles it, and we do it. No matter what the devil does, our God is able. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says there, he says, Arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. Sometimes when I'm looking at the saints, it looks as if they bathe in lemon juice. Some say they're smiling, but their faces don't know about it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I said, if they can drop a bomb next to me, I'm going to die smiling so that I make a handsome corpse. Praise God. Smile, your face won't crack up unless it's been seized for too long. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise God. You know, I was on a plane to Africa, and this man sat beside me. He was a grumpy man. I tried to speak to him because, you know, I always take an aisle seat because these guys are going to hear the gospel for the entire flight. And if they try to move to the toilet, I put my foot there. But anyway, I couldn't get started uh, talking to this man. But as we were landing in, in Cape Town, South Africa, I, the Lord put a chorus in my mind, and I started singing. And then this guy turned to me, and he said, why are you so happy? He should never have said that. I said, you know, before I got saved, I used to worry every day. And if I had nothing to worry about, I worried about the fact that I had nothing to worry about. He said, that's exactly how I am. I said, but you know, Jesus came my way, and he gave me this joy, unspeakable, and I started ministering to him. By the time we landed, he was saved. See, people will not read the Bible, but they will read you. When you can lose your job, and you do a breakdance because you know you paid your tithe regularly, that God has got you some other job that's going to be an increase. Don't behave like the world. Start behaving like a child of God because when the devil starts messing, that's when God starts blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he said, he wants to see saints rejoicing. Then he says, remember the mercies of David thy servant. You know what Solomon's doing? He's reminding God of what God did for David, his father. When you pray, you must remind God of what he did for others. If he did it for Moses, he must do it for me. God has got no favorites. We're all children of the Most High God. So when I have a lion's den experience, I say, Lord, when Daniel was in the lion's den, you turn, turn it into, you know, you, you gave the lions lockjaw. I'm in the lion's den. You've got to give them lockjaw too. When I have a fiery furnace experience, I say, Lord, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace, you turned it into a dance hall. We better dance ourselves out of here too. Praise God. Don't let the devil rob you of the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know that Jesus said joy before him, before he went to the cross. Joy is a weapon. That's why the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. We need to be a joyful people and a people of God. Not looking at circumstances, but keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says there, remember the mercies of David thy servant. Chapter 7 says, when Solomon made an end of praying, the fire came down and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the place. The fire is going to come down here this morning. 
When I prayed this morning at five o'clock, the Lord said He was going to heal everybody in the first service of back problems, and they got healed. He's going to heal everybody here with back problems. No matter what sickness or disease, God is able. If you're deaf, God can heal you. He's a miracle-working God. The fire is the signs and wonders. But you know what the Bible says? The fire, before you can have the fire, you've got to have burnt offering and sacrifices. It's a burnt offering and sacrifice to get up five o'clock in the morning to pray. It's a burnt offering and sacrifice to come to an all-night prayer meeting. There'll be no miracles unless you have burnt offering and sacrifices. That's the prayers of the saints. It's a burnt offering and sacrifice to come to church and pray instead of watching the voice. You must have a burnt offering and sacrifice. Praise God. Burnt offering and sacrifices are the prayers of the saints. Then the fire comes down. The fire is the signs and wonders. There'll be no miracles without prayer. That's why we prayed so many hours a day. The evangelists used to ask us, what's God going to do tonight? We say tonight people are getting out of wheelchairs. Blind eyes are opening. You must remember the people that spend time in the presence of God, they know what God is going to do. Praise God. And then the glory of the Lord comes down in a place. The glory of the Lord is after you see those miracles and you know that no man could have opened blind eyes or get people out of wheelchairs and God gets all the glory. Praise God. We're going to see the fire come down here this morning. Nobody seems to believe it. The fire is going to come down here this morning. And the glory of the Lord is going to fill this place. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said the fire is going to come down here this morning. And the glory of the Lord is going to fill the place. Praise God. The Bible says the priests could not enter. They were the only people allowed into the Holy of Holies. Let me tell you something. When the Spirit of God moves, your mortal bodies cannot stand it. We need our glorified bodies to be in His presence. And the Bible says in Revelation, there's going to be half an hour of silence because the angels will be in awe when we stand before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in those white robes. You know why? Because they see us worshiping Him by faith. But on that day, it will be face to face because they worship God singing holy, holy, holy by sight. But on that day, we'll be worshiping Him. Right? By sight. Hallelujah. What a glorious day that will be when we stand before the Lord. And you know what the Lord said to me? Why worship is the priority? Because one third of the angels felt that were worshiping God. And angels are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know who falls that void of the third of the angels? The church. When we go to bed here, people in Australia get up and worship and praise God. When they go to bed, people in China, there's worship and praise 24-7. Praise God. The church needs to fill that void. And that's why I'm telling you it's important to worship and praise God. Immaterial of what you're going through. Lift your voice and praise Him, no matter what happens. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Praise God. Hallelujah. The priest could enter in. But you know what happened? The Bible says in verse 3, the children of Israel, when they saw the fire come down and the glory, they bowed with their faces upon the ground, upon the pavement, and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, for His good and His mercy endure forever. They were not in the prayer meeting. What do you think happened? When you start praying in a place, 
Something happens in the atmosphere. Nobody ministered to me. I was an atheist. Holy Spirit knocked me down from there. Because somebody prayed. When you start praying in this area, demons will have to leave. Because we are devil chasers. We drive back the forces of darkness. And the master evangelist, the Holy Spirit, will hook people by the door and bring them in. When you think when people hear that miracles are taking place in this church, when they're in wheelchairs and they're blind or deaf, they'll stay outside there? No, they will come. But it's going to cost this church to intercede and pray. Hallelujah. And when you do that, miracles are going to happen. People are going to speak about it. And the Spirit of God is going to hook them by the jaw and bring them in. But we need concerted prayer and prayer warriors that will stand up against this devil. Because every time I snap my fingers, some young man goes to a lost eternity. Praise God. You know, a lady came to me and said, I have to move. They've been living there for 30 years. I said, why? She said, a Satanist moved in next door. My granddaughter went to play there, and they're drinking cat's blood. I said, you don't have to move. She said, so Pastor Newbury, what are we going to do? I said, we're moving the prayer meeting every Wednesday to your house. We only played for two months when the UO pulled up and they left. We have dominion. The devil cannot move in next door to us. The devil is a liar. And some people say to me, the devil's after me. I said, how can the devil be after you when he's defeated? He's got no feet. <laughs> You're supposed to be chasing the devil. And he's got no arms because he's disarmed. And he's got false teeth because every time we pray, we kick him in his teeth. I got no respect for this devil. 2,000 years ago, our eldest brother whipped him on Calvary. Praise God. And we are more than conquerors. Give the Lord a hand, praise him. Drop down with me to verse 12. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night. You know why the Lord said I must quote the scripture? Because before you even pray, he knows what you're going to ask of him. So that same night, the Lord appeared to Solomon. And you know what the Lord did? The Lord answered him exactly as he prayed. Remember, he said, Lord, if they return to thee with all their heart and with all their soul, in the land of their captivity, where they carried him captive, and pray towards the land which thou gave us unto their fathers, and towards the city which thou hast chosen, and towards the house which I built for thy name. Then hear thou from heaven, even from their dwelling place, their prayer and supplication, and maintain their cause, and will give thy people that have sinned against thee. Here the answer comes. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. The next thing he said, Lord, open up thine eyes and incline thine ear. The next verse, the Lord said, now mine eyes shall be opened, and mine ears attend to the prayer made in this place. For now I've chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. When you start praying in a place, God's eyes will be upon this place. His ears will be attentive to your cry, and his heart will be here too. Because God's heart is in a place where people are praying. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Praise him. And then he said, remember the mercies of David thy servant? And the Lord says to him, as for thee, if thou will walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, 
and observe my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish thy throne. As I have covered it with David, there shall not fail thee a man to be ruling Israel. While her heads are bowed and her eyes are closed. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30 says, And I sought for a man among them that would stand in the gap and make up a hedge that I should not destroy the land. God is looking for people. He's called me all this way to tell you he has need of you to stand in the gap as an intercessor. You never knew this was your ministry. But I don't believe you can have a ministry without spending any time with God. He's looking for intercessors that will hold up the hands of the man and woman of God in this place. For Christian embassy, for Chesapeake, for the state, for the country, and for the world. Peter and John were on their way to pray. They were two intercessors when they came across this man at the gate of beautiful. God can only use you when you prayed up. They never even prayed for that man. They said, so man, gold there be none. But in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. We must be so prayed up that miracles are going to happen wherever we go. Praise God. And then, hallelujah, Paul and Silas, they were two intercessors. They were on their way to pray when they came across a slave girl that was saying, she was saying all the right things. These are the men of the Most High God that tell you the way to be saved. But if you prayed up, you will recognize evil spirits. They recognize the evil spirit in her, cast it out, but they were intercessors. God is looking for people to stand in the gap for Christian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Embassy. He's looking for people that will be intercessors for the nations. He's calling you this morning. You never knew this was your ministry. If God's speaking to you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Hands are going up all over the show. Don't miss this opportunity to receive this anointing. Even if you've been an intercessor, God wants to anoint you with the spirit of prayer. Just raise your hands. Raise your hands as high as possible. And make your way to the front. Just come. Just come. Just come. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Draw me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. God will make a way. God will make a way. Where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Draw me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. He will make a Just raise your hands and worship him. The Holy Spirit's here. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit just said to me, this is not the work of a man. I'm not going to touch you. He says he's going to walk through this auditorium. And he's going to touch certain people here. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Just a line to touch you. He's beginning to touch people already. As I'm going to pray, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you 
and release that spirit of prayer. This is not the work of a man, but the work of the Most High God. He said, he's telling me that the wind of the Holy Spirit that came upon the disciples is here this morning. Every door was bolted, every window closed. When a miracle happened, a rushing mighty wind swept through a closed place. That rushing mighty wind is here this morning. He's the one that's going to anoint you. Thank you, Jesus. Now what we're going to do is going to get God's attention. We're going to shout Jesus three times. And the third time we shout, the wind of the Holy Spirit is going to blow. <laughs> Just like that. Catch him. The wind of the Holy Spirit is going to blow over you. Are you ready to shout? You're not ready. I said we're going to shout Jesus three times. Are you ready to shout? You're not ready. I'm going to count to three. Are you ready to shout? One, two, three. Jesus! 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 Here it comes. Receive. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. Receive. 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 Oh, the mood. The wind is blowing. Oh, shut up, 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 shut up,